Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to come and to worship you. Father, we pray now that everything done and said will be to your glory and to the upbuilding of your kingdom. And Father, we just give you praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. So it's a man and woman. We're walking through town. And uh, they were out on the town, a uh, nice dinner. And uh, this old drunk guy came by. And he was, man, he was plastered. And as he passed the man and woman, he spoke to the woman and called her by name. And the, the man said, do you know him? And she said, yes, that old drunk, I know him. Twenty years ago, he asked me to marry him, and I turned him down. And the husband said, huh, and he's still celebrating. <clears throat> My wife did not approve that joke. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is a, a pretty basic topic, but it's not really. It's actually probably the most profound um, thing that I preached on in a while, and I hope I do it justice. And I'm sad that there's nobody here listening, but I pray and I thank God that when it goes out on Facebook Live and on podcasts and on uh, Apple Podcasts and on, and on TV, that his word will be accomplished. I told Crystal, very rarely do you have a, very rarely do I have like this sermon in me. And I just think it's going to be awesome. But, but I hope you think so too. But so the, so the title of today's sermon is, Why? Because we spend a lot of time talking about what? About what people did, what people did, who did this, who did that, who did that. But what we don't spend a lot of time on is why. And I don't know that we really kind of understand all of the whys that are in the Bible. And I, don't, I know we don't. And I don't know that we understand all the whys that take place in our real world. But I, I told you a couple weeks ago when we were getting ready for Bible school, we were very disheartened. Um, we only had six or eight kids signed up. And we were very, you know, it's a lot of time and effort and, and money to, to get ready for Bible school and, and you know, physically exhausted. And now I come to find out I was suffering with an a appendix that was getting ready to rupture. I just wasn't smart enough to know what that pain was. And we spent a lot of time getting ready. And I was not disappointed, but I was concerned over the amount of kids that were going to show up. I mean, you know, it was my kids and the neighbor's kids and, you know, Philip's kids, and, and that was about it. But we knew that that's what God wanted us to do. We knew we were supposed to have Bible school. And I told you this already, but I want to reiterate it. When all of the pictures came out, there was a picture of Presley, um, Shelly's little girl, and she's sitting, and her little legs doesn't reach the floor. She's sitting in the chair, and she's way from reaching the floor. I, mean, I guess she's two years old, maybe. And she's sitting, when we were praying, somebody snapped a picture of her with her hands folded, with her head bowed, and with her eyes closed. And that is the why we have Bible school. We had the six or eight signed up. We ended up with the 30-ish, 35 kids the entire time of Bible school. And look, and if you've ever been in and around Bible school, I act like a crazy person. I run and jump and sing and dance and have a crazy costume on and, and I really go crazy because I really, 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 really want the kids to enjoy it and feel comfortable around me. And even this year, um, Avery Belk. I mean, before Bible school, Avery barely would speak to me. He would come in shy and stand behind Hope or Janelle's leg and, and not really have a lot to do with me. About second night of Bible school, I couldn't get his name out of my mouth. It was Robbie, 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 Robbie. That is the why. 
The why is to teach them that we care enough about them that they're important to us, right? That they have an opportunity to have access to their pastor and to their leader and to their church family. And it is okay to worship God in public and to dance and sing and have a wonderful time. That's the why. <clears throat> let's, um, let's turn, if you will, uh, the book of Exodus, way, way, way back, way, way, way back, right? <clears throat> and, you know, the, the, the what we know, right? That they sold Jacob to Israel, and then Israel had all the grain, and then everybody went to Israel and got complacent, and then something, you know, we don't really know exactly how it took place, but all of a sudden the Israelites became slaves to, to Egypt, and God wasn't really happy about that. And in chapter Exodus chapter 5, verse 1, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh, and this is what the Lord, of God, Lord God of Israel says, let my people go. And we got that part right. I mean, when we little people's church, we let my people go. But the why? So that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. A festival? They're having a carnival, some, some, some elephant ears and, and some stuff. No, that's not it. Uh, turn again to, to chapter 9. And then the Lord said to Moses, go, tell, go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what the Lord God of the Hebrews says, Let my people go so they may worship me. Right? We know the what. We know, why, we know what was going on. He wanted them out. But have we ever thought about why? So that they can worship me. We have, we have been built, our, our DNA has been designed to, to worship the creator of the universe that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, gave us the opportunity to go boldly to the throne of grace. We have been built to worship God. Why? Because that's what he desires. So when we come in church on Sunday, right, we, <clears throat> when we come in church on a normal Sunday, and Michael and Terry and Jerry and Mary are up here. Jerry, Terry, and Mary, I never knew that that all rhymed. I'm sorry, ladies. Um, are all up here leading our praise and worship. You know, we're kind of... And I was going to sing, but I was singing before the, the, the Savannah started recording me, and she told me I sounded really bad, so I, I, can't, I can't sing. But we come in and sing, you know, Oh, the blood of Jesus. And are we really singing? Are we performing? Why are we singing? Why are we singing where we can prove who can sing good and who can't sing good? That's actually not it at all. The reason we sing when we come to church is because we praise and worship God. Two reasons. One is, obviously, that's what he desires, right? If the whole reason we were getting the Hebrews out of Egypt was where they could worship God, oh man, we should come into church in that first 30 minutes. We should be worshiping God with all of our ability. In fact, it shouldn't be limited to just while we're at church. The why, we should be worshiping God every day. We should be cutting the grass and worshiping God. Paying the bills and worshiping God. Walking our two miles in the morning and worshiping God. Why? Because that's what we were put here to do. We were put here to have a relationship with God. And in, in Psalms 100, it says that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. 
right? We, we enter into God's presence by worshiping him and praying to him and spending time in him and meditating on his word. All of those are acts of worship. Uh, Romans says that when we renew our mind, that's actually an act of worship. Do we do this to where we can worship God? Do we take a little bit of the bad out and put a little bit of the good in every day that we sacrifice our flesh to worship God? Because why? Because that's what he wanted. We get a lot hung up on the what. On the what we do and what we went and where'd we go. and that, But why? As the little kids go, but why? But why? Because truthfully, if we're just going through the motion of, oh, we bring the sacrifice of bread. Oh, I wonder if I turn the oven off. I hope I didn't leave the iron on. Man, oh, you see her dress? Oh, boy, that thing looks rough. She fixed her hair with a firecracker. Are we really worshiping? Are we really doing what we're supposed to do? Just going through the motions is not the why. The why is, is that we are worshiping the creator of the universe. That's the why. Why are we singing them same six songs? Why? Because it's worship. Because <coughs> that's what God wants. He wants us to come into his presence. He wants us to worship him. Is that so much to ask? That's what you were created to do. Adam and Eve were created to have a relationship with God, with a free will. Why did they have a free will? Well, where they can choose to worship. See, God doesn't want a bunch of forced robots that we're, uh, you, you know, yes, we will worship. Yes, we will. That's not what he wants. He wants an open heart. He wants an open heart to come in the presence of God and worship him and spend time with him and have a relation to him, relationship with him to where we cry out, Daddy, Abba, Father. That, that's the goal. That's God's goal for us is that we walk in such a relationship with him that we are worshiping him and spending time with him and praying and doing everything we're supposed to do. That's the why. <clears throat> and it really doesn't matter what the what is. Um, turn with me to um, 1 Corinthians. <clears throat> Paul has a really good example in 1 Corinthians of a bunch of what's. But then he talks about a why. And I'm just going to tell you before I get to there, every why is not the same. There's not one answer why we're a Christian. Why, I mean, there's lots of whys. That's why it's so complex. The what's are what we actually do in our day-to-day -day life. And what is not necessarily important. Why is always important. <clears throat> um, 1 Corinthians. And I'm not going to read it clean. I'm going to go through because I want to do it to where you understand what I'm saying. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I speak in tongues. I have the gift of prophecy. I have faith that moves mountains. I give all my possessions to the poor. I give my body over to hardship. That's pretty good, huh? I did all of those things. And Paul said if you do all of those things, 
and you don't have the why right, it benefits you zero. Oh, that ain't what it says. That is what it says. Let's read it. And I will show you the most excellent way, 13. And if I speak in tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all of the mysteries and all of the knowledge and have faith that move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give my body over the hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Right? Because if we are Christians... And we're supposed to act like God did, does. If we're supposed to have the same mentality of Christ, if we're supposed to have the arms and feet of the body of Christ, if we're supposed to represent him, <clears throat> then we can carry out the same actions that he did and do it for the wrong reasons, and it gives you nothing to gain. The reason why is one of the most important things he is trying to explain here. Because he says, if I do not have love, I gain nothing. And then he flips over and tells you what a love looks like. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. So when we start to do our stuff, we have to get to the why. Why do we worship? Because that's what God enjoys and craves and, de and desires from us. Why do we help these people? Why do we have tongues? Why do we have prophecy? Why do we have faith? Why? Because it's love. It has to be rooted and grounded in love. The why of what you do has to be grounded in love. Because if you do all the right things for all the wrong reasons, it benefits you nothing. Mr. Chuck Dunning, we used to take up collection. Mr. Chuck Dunning found in the Word one day, and it was, a, it was a, a breakthrough for him. And it's something that I've heard all my life, and I guess it's not a breakthrough for me, but that God loves a cheerful giver. So every time, he, he really got into this, this, God loves a cheerful giver. So every time we took up collection, from that day to the last time Chuck Dunning was here before he went home to be with Jesus... When they said it was time to take a collection, he shouted and clapped. Yes! Why? Because he wanted to do it for the right reasons. He wanted to be the cheerful giver. He wanted to have God's heart. He wanted to be happy to be able to do what he does. <clears throat> See, the why is it's confusing sometimes. Not all the time do we understand the why. I mean... If I had to reason out the why uh, we do some of the things we do, I, I, I don't understand. And if you were to come here and visit when Chuck Dunning was here, and they just said we were taking up our tithes and offerings, and this old guy over here started clapping and yelling, you'd probably think, oh man, he's crazy. But the truth is, is he knew the reason we were supposed to be doing what we were doing. He understood the why. <clears throat> Y'all know, know I love softball, and I know y'all are tired of hearing about it. <clears throat> My baby girl plays for the organization, and they have their little 
camp meeting or summit is what they call it. And all of the teams that play for that organization all come together and they have coaches meetings and player meetings and parent meetings and dinners and, oh man, it's a bunch. <coughs> but they asked Riley's coach, why do you do what you do? <clears throat> and I'm sure there were a lot of answers that went around the room and, and it wasn't even really an answer question. It was, uh, they asked the coaches to go home and think about it. Why do you do what you do? Why do you coach? And I'm sure there are lots of reasons why people coach. And I love the game. I love the kids. I want to help kids get better. I want to do this. I want to do that. I mean, it could be a plethora of reasons, right? Why do you do what you, why do you do your hobby? Right? I mean, now obviously he enjoys it or loves it or he wouldn't do it. But he kind of struggled with the answer. He didn't really have a, 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 a non-cliche answer. <clears throat> So this is Friday night, so last Saturday morning he shows up to the field, and our team is sitting down, <clears throat> having a devotion. And he told me, <clears throat> if we can come out of this, would good Christian girls... It makes all of the sacrifice worth it. <clears throat> now, I don't think he knew that that was the why. I don't think he understood. I don't think he started coaching with the idea that possibly maybe if he can get the right group of girls in, that somehow he can have a, a <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> a 14-year-old girl um, devotion group. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that was what the goal was. But it's a pretty good why. It's a pretty good why. So they did Saturday, they had a devotion. So Sunday, they have a devotion. Every time they go to the field now, they have, they have decided, the girls have decided, that every time that they go to play, that they're going to sit down and each person on the team is going to do a devotion for the team. And that's pretty amazing when you're talking about in today's world with how bad Christians are looked on and talked about and the peer pressure and all of the stuff those kids see and do and go through and all of the stuff. I mean, in there from three or four or five different high schools would, you know, I mean, a lot of these, these kids that are on our team, if we didn't play ball with them, we'd never known them. But they have decided, the 14-year-olds have decided that they're going to have a devotion Every day before they take the field. Every time they go to play ball, they're going to have a devotion before they get on the field. And it's going to rotate. All, all of them are going to do it. They're going to go from kid to kid to kid to kid. You know, the most extroverted and the most introverted. Everybody is going to do it. That is an awesome why. Like I said, he didn't know the why. He didn't. I mean, he did. You know, uh, you know I want the kids to get better and I enjoy the sport and I want them to grow up and have understandings of responsibilities and hard work and perseverance and all those things. You could do all of those things are wise. But to see them sit down and have a devotion and worship God and pray together is an incredible why. And, and if you were thinking, man, I don't know if I can survive this or not, sure gets it a whole lot easier. <clears throat> <coughs> Man, so when we start making our decisions on what we're doing, 
and where we're going and who we're helping and what we're doing at our job and what we're doing as a parent and what we're doing as a child or, or, or a sibling or an employee or an employer, the question why has got to be first and foremost. Why are we doing this? Why am I here standing up here talking to you? Why? Because the how, I mean, people will tell you how. It's easy. I mean, in the softball world, you hit the ball, you catch the ball, you throw the ball. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it rains. That's the, that's the how. It's easy. It's the why. Setting up for Bible school, there's videos on how you set up and decorate for Bible school, how you're supposed to handle the kids, all that, but not the why. Not the why. You can go to a hundred different churches and listen to a hundred different worship songs, uh, songs that are on the wall, or songs that are in the book, or songs that are in your head, or whatever. They can have a 20 piece band, or one piano, or a cappella. But if the question or the answer is, what are we doing, is not worshiping God, the why is wrong. I'm up here doing this because I look good or I sing good or because I'm talented. I only sing at church because I really know how to sing. Huh. That's the wrong why. The why is, is that we come here to worship God. And when we worship God, it puts us in a Look, it has benefits. <clears throat> it puts us in a calming space to where our heart and spirit become soft and open and understanding so that when you sit down and I start preaching God's word, he can speak to you individually. I've had people tell me that I said stuff in sermons that I ain't said in my life. It really spoke to me this morning. I got this and this. Well, that's great, but that wasn't what I was preaching on. But if you really come in here and worship and you open your heart up to God and you try to manifest, you try to sit down and be part of the service, God will speak to you. It will develop on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit ministers to you. <coughs> um. Let me get my book. Hold on, hold on. If you will, turn to the um, Gospel according to John. I'm kind of going out of order, but it'll be okay. Y'all don't know. The Gospel according to John, chapter 3. Yeah, you know where I'm going. <clears throat> Verse 16. And God tells us the why first. Because if you, if you don't start at the beginning of the sentence... Just say, uh, I don't know, uh, 316, and then we'll just say, gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Well, why? Oh, he told us why first. For God so loved the world. See, the, the, the reason Jesus came there's <clears throat> actually two reasons, and, and he answers both questions in the same sentence. He came, one, because the world had fallen, and when Adam fell, that sin had taken over the world. And so the world was damned. 
The world was already condemned. But when Jesus came, he, got a, he bought us out of condemnation. Well, why did he come? Well, he came because God loved the world. <coughs> That's the why. The why is God loved the world. Because without the why, Jesus doesn't come. <clears throat> and, and just in case you were wondering, without the why, without God's love for us and Jesus' love for us, nothing keeps him on the cross. Nothing. The power of love is the only thing that keeps him on the cross. Because when he was set there, he had angels at his beck and call. He had already went into the garden and asked, Father, if there's any other way, let's do that. But he knew why. He knew why. Well, he knew that the lamb had to be slain. He knew that the sacrifice of the sinless son of God had to be made to where he could redeem the world. He knew the why. He knew the why. And the love of God is what brought him here. And the love of God is what kept him on the cross. Um, about out of time. Luke. <coughs> Uh, the Gospel according to Luke, uh, the <clears throat> chapter 24, verse 44. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you, that everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. When the question of why he went through what he did is because every prophecy that it was ever made about the Messiah, how he was going to get here, when he was going to get here, what he was going to do, and why he was going to do it, had to be fulfilled. Everything he did had a reason behind it. The why he went through and was beaten with a cat of nine tails, but through his stripes I was healed. Why he was nailed to a cross, because cursed is anyone who is hung on a tree, that he redeemed me from the curse. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scripture, and he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things, that I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but you stay until the, in the city until you have been clothed with the power and the promise of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the same Holy Spirit that went into death and hell lives on the inside of me. Why? Because it gives my body life. Why? Because he ministers to me. Why? Because he's God's power represented in my body. That the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that went to hell and threw back death and hell lives in me. So when somebody tells me I can't do something, all I can think about is, are you talking to me? Or to God. Why? Because God lives on the inside of me. The power of God is manifested in my life. So when the power of God is manifested in my life and it says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, you better believe it. Why? Not, not, not my ability. Not my love. Not my grace. Not my strength. Not my knowledge. Not my wisdom, it's God's. Every part of it has been developed over time through God who strengthens me. 
So when we come up here and we preach the gospel and we do what we're supposed to do, it's not my ability. It's God's ability. It's just shining through me. Why? Because that's what we said. That's what he said. Then I gave some apostles and pastors and teachers, right, and evangelists. Why? Why? For the upbuilding of the kingdom and the perfecting of the saints. We have to quit focus on what we're doing where we're at, start focusing on why. Why do we come in and worship? Because God craves it. He enjoys it. He loves it. Why do we preach the gospel? The orders from headquarters. Because we want to build the body of Christ and we want to strengthen the body of Christ. And why can I do all things? Because Christ lives on the inside of me. Not my ability, but his ability. Why can I go boldly to the throne of God? Because I have been forgiven of every sin that I've ever committed. Not my, not my fault. I didn't do that. Why? Jesus did. He paid my penalty. He went in the pits of hell and paid my penalty and paid your penalty. So as you move forward through your week, when you do stuff, when you do random stuff, start thinking about the why. Why did you do that? Good and bad. Because sometimes we antagonize people or we bother people or we pick on people or we, we tease people and then somebody says, well, why'd you do that? And you yeah, I don't know. It was funny. But I believe that if we focus more on the why, if we give our body time, if we, if we, if we set our purpose up on the why, we, have a, we are purpose-driven beings, and we need to be focused on the why. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Father, we thank you that it will go forth, it will not return void. Father, we just give you the praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.